Hello. Hello. So lovely to see you. Surprise. Yeah. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. It's pretty early for you. Yeah. So I'm appreciative. Um, And thank you for joining, Tamisha. Hi, Tammy. So I'm happy to pray us in, or I um, just came from another retreat. So it's, uh, oh, look, we'll just wait a second. Hi, Amanda. Amanda. Hello. (laughs) I just got here and I was just about to pray us in. All right, lovely. All right, taking a breath, really nice deep breath and allowing that sigh, whatever sound to come through. And on that second breath, I just allow myself to ground into this place right here, right now. Grateful, I'm gonna place my hand on my heart. Grateful and thankful to be the two or more gathered in the name and nature of love. Grateful for technology that allows us to transcend time and space and remember that we are one. We declare our time together is for the purpose of sharing from a place of honesty, authenticity, and vulnerability. We are so grateful to hold the space for each other with loving kindness and compassion to see ourselves, the highest perfect version of ourselves, our Christ selves in each other, and to know this for each other when we may not be able to see it for ourselves. Grateful and thankful for this community of spiritual counselors, of light workers who are here to see their light expand in the world so that they may know their light more clearly. Grateful and thankful that this is happening and we are doing it together. Our very presence blesses the world. We bless each other, those who are here and those who are will listen later. And we share the benefits of our conversation, our insights and our ahas with everyone because we are one. With grace and gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. I was saying it was nice to see Allison. Uh, It's pretty early where she's at. And it was nice to see you, both of you, after your prayer practitioner call. So I appreciate you coming. Yeah. Allison, what time is it there? What time is it where you are? It's seven. It's Mm. not too bad, but everything's gone back a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. Um, It's all right now because I still think it's eight. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not used to it yet. Yeah. 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 Gotta say this last time change was a tough one. Mm. I'm not sure why, but it felt tough on my body. Um, So I'm grateful now. that I've acclimated. So, yeah. yeah. Any 
I was hoping that we'd have the member site up and running, but it's still in progress. Um, but I did want to say that one of the opportunities for folks is um, we are looking for volunteers who would listen to previous SSCP um, classes with Jennifer, not our community calls, but our classes with Jennifer and um, who'd be willing to, you know, outline what those classes were about. So then we can create um, a way that we can um, index the library so that people know where to go when they are looking for specific things that Jennifer has talked mm. about. And people can do as much or as little as they would like. So that's one of the things that um, we will have as a leadership opportunity on the new member site. And anything else coming up? I also wanted to say that I am doing check-ins with folks. Um, all of the newest people in the program, uh, since you just had lots of me in coming into the program. You'll be a little bit later, but for people who've been in the program and or folks who I've been in contact with that uh, seem to be close to completing certification, I'll be working my way through having check-ins so with everyone to see how folks are doing, if they have any questions, if they have any concerns, and basically how we, I, the ministry, we can support you in having the most wonderful experience that you can have. So those are all my announcements. So I will pass it to whomever has anything they'd like to discuss. So I've like so many, I have a question. So like all of the things that are coming up in counseling sessions, like, do I have to heal them completely in myself? Like, I, you know, I'm like, fuck, one more thing that is like, really, I have to look at this one now too. Like I'm having this weird, like, I want to heal it all. I want to heal it all quickly. I want to turn it all over to God, but really again and again and again, so like for it to be healed in the universe, do I have to heal it all in my own family and my own relationship and my own loving myself completely for it to be gone in my clients? Start with a big Have, one. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> don't all it. speak at once, no, people. No, don't I don't think, all you, speak I don't think at you, you do, Amanda. No, no. No, you're right. You're okay. <laughs> Take some pressure off. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's but I've always like, yeah, that is big. But I've mm. always said that part of I mean, there's one of the beauties about doing this work is like the opportunity to heal the whole world, right? Like mm. like clearing all of this stuff out. And then like I get to a point where I don't <sighs> really, really. Mm. 
I really want to, yeah. Do I really want to see my mother as complete a hundred percent love and have just like the most loving relationship and like all of it go and just step 100% into kumbaya, you know, like I, I don't know. I don't know. So is your question more so, so that I just heard something different there. So let me ask the question Um, is, is it that the letting go of a hundred percent of everything or the healing of a hundred percent of everything, or is it the sense of, yeah, I guess that's it. Or is it that it's so big that, um, that it's like your responsibility on the world. Cause I, I think I heard it first that like, do I really, if I do this, do I really want this sort of responsibility but then in this last little time I heard a little bit of do I really have to let every bit of it go yeah so it is a little bit of both because like the responsibility that doesn't bother me like I'm you know I'm a responsible person you know so like the weight of the I don't feel the weight of the world on my shoulders I feel the opposite of that because all the work that I do is actually lightening the world instead of pressure, right? But as things come up in counseling, like, I just don't know if I'm ready to let all that, like to let it all be healed. Like there's a whole nother like layer of healing. So that means like, does that really mean that I can't call someone a douchebag? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I can't whatever judge somebody for something, you know, like, like how clear does my mind have to be? And if my, just for an example, if my client is bringing up the relationship with their family, do I have to have a hundred percent beautiful relationship for my family to like really know that that is healed and to help my client heal their own family stuff since we're all one. I'd say no, but, um, you came on. So did you have something you were going to share? Muted still. Still muted. Mm -mm. Maybe try to leave and come back. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. Um, sometimes my internet is just so slow. I, I came on just because I came back. I've got a lot of distractions coming from the other meeting and, and here and whatnot. And I apologize for that. But since you asked, <laughs> it makes, I'm, I'm reading Anita Morjani's book. And it's funny that Jennifer just 
mentioned that in the prayer practitioner training. Um, and I absolutely love this book and I absolutely love um, Joel Goldsmith and Ernest, Ernest Holmes. I, I just, I'm on this, is the, Anita is the third one that I'm reading, but it just reaffirms again that in order to, it goes back to the Hugh Lens stuff even, in order to help our clients heal, all we need to do, and I know that this is a tall order, but is to connect, really truly connect in to spirit and let, and, and hold that and that vibration and then our clients meet us there. Anything other than that, we're looking at the problem. That's my interpretation of it. Um, am I there? And, and, and is it easy? You know, um, and, and in the meantime, <laughs> what do we do? You know, I don't know. That's just... That's, I'm holding that that is our purpose. Mm -hmm. That's, that's where I'm trying to get. Mm -hmm. My yes. vibration. Mm -hmm. I totally get that, Beth. And like when I'm doing the prayers, like I am lining up and, and waiting for that connection to know that it is healed. And whatever they're talking about, whatever I'm holding it is healed. Like, how do I let that? I'm not hearing you guys. Oh. We're still here. We're still mm -hmm. here. Okay. All right. There it is. I'm sorry, Amanda. I mm -hmm. didn't make sure. It's all right. So yes, I totally, do you hear me now, Beth? Yeah. Yeah. So I totally get that holding it is done, but then whatever topic they're talking about, like then like holding that is done. That means that I have to, I mean, have to is a big word, but like allow that healing to take place in my life too. What just was coming for, up for me was this sense of um, this sense of guilt that like I am not fully accepting the atonement for myself. And you mentioned healing. You didn't say this. So, but what I I feel coming up is this sense of like. Well, am I being honestly helpful, loving when I'm helping my client do this, but then I'm not fully in myself. And I guess what I, and, and I can understand that because my work right now is just this, like, I cannot move forward until I heal this self attack, judgment, hate, whatever you want to call it. So it's almost like the inner version of like the outer and what I my experience of it is that it's continuous it's continually happening in both directions um that their healing too also helps my healing and so I think since we are never fully ascended until the entire sonship 
ascends, <laughs> then there may, I see it in my own lifetime that there's this opportunity to work on that guilt or whatever is coming up for myself. Now, will it look like and letting go of what I think it should look like and how, what I should look like, which is my work, right? <laughs> um, seeing my innocence, my purity, my, and doing that forgiveness work internally. I don't know what it looks like mm-hmm. in my life, but being willing to hold that no matter what it looks like in form, that my, what it actually is and what I'd like it to be is healed in in essence, you know, and maybe it's also, is it a hundred percent? Do you need a hundred percent willingness for things to be healed? No. Yeah. I'd agree with you. It's also the unknown, isn't it? We just don't know what that's going to look like when you heal. I mean, that's keeping a bit of control too. At least you know what that looks like. Whereas when we fully let go, we we don't know. Um, We just have faith and trust that it's amazing. The other thing that that's coming to me is, is the whole giving is receiving. And so aren't you both going, I I mean, aren't, aren't both sides of that equation going there at the same time, your family and your clients? What do you mean? Say it a different way. Well, um, giving is receiving. So if you're seeing that for your client, mm-hmm. isn't it also at the same time or for your family? I mean, either you, can, you can start with either side of the equation, mm-hmm. but aren't they both going there at the same time? Yeah, yeah. I think Arba, you you hit on it a little bit, like a little guilt, a little bit of guilt and a little bit of control because my life doesn't look like like all aspects of form. What I what my life looks like doesn't look like it's all completely healed. So there's a little bit of guilt in there. And then whoever said the word control, yeah, there's a lot of control in what I think it should look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for being honest and vulnerable and about that. I, I think that it's, it can be difficult for me to feel like I'm in a space where I can really share like how what feels so intense internally 
and yesterday when they did um, Sundays with Spirit yesterday was amazing. Netta Boyne, and she did like voice liberation and voice therapy. And one of the things that I just got, I was like crying the whole time because mm-hmm. I just got so clearly that I hold myself like within this narrow range of how I think I should be. And that, um, and doing the self-sabotage challenges brought this up too, that it's like, I don't want to be all strong, all strong emotions, whether it be high or low, um, feel out of this range. And that I'd rather stay in this range because emotions themselves don't feel safe to fully experience. And so yesterday when it was just like, oh, um, just allowing whatever sounds to come through, it really felt like a huge release just to allow the release through sound, like whether it was a sigh, a breath, a noise. And so I just had that insight that I hold myself really tightly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I feel it's, de- yeah, it's definitely a more expanded place in that higher self. I feel that you can watch it. I mean, it, the human self's always going to have those things come up. I don't think we're not going to um, see that, but you can watch yourself as well and not take it personally. You're not going to not, that's, that's how I see it, not be attached to that either. Like we can get attached to our stories a little bit and say, oh, we like this story. Um, but if you're just watching it, if you're watching yourself the same as you're watching your clients, watching everyone, you, you're always going to do things, but you know a higher perspective and that's the difference. And so you're, you've got that awareness and that you can always raise up to it and just not, not. Um... <clears throat> There's a lot of those things I think are habit as well. I think we do those things out of habit. We like, we like a, a bit of those. Bit, we don't mind a bit of drama and a bit of, um, and we think life will be boring if we don't um, don't have those little family things, and especially if we've got quite dramatic families. So <laughs> I've just spent a week with mine, so I know all about that. And uh, yeah, and sometimes it's easier from afar to do it without not there being with them mm-hmm. to send the healing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do. I do think that we, you know, the human part will we'll always have those, that stuff going on because it's, but we just don't. Um, and that's why we choose what we like. That's what I love about Jennifer's I like. I like because I feel like when we, we just start, well, that's how we raise the vibration when we're choosing more of what we enjoy and <clears throat> what's natural. Pain can be natural (laughs) in that it's a habit, right? It's not our natural state. Um, But I think that people can feel like, oh, that like life is hard, just underlying beliefs, right? That like life Mm -hmm. is hard, uh, struggle. and, And someone brought up this idea that courage was associated with struggle, and I never thought about it that way, um, that in order to have courage, you're like either 
going against or above or through or that there's some aspect of conflict that you're overcoming Mm -hmm. um and then moving into a stance where courage can be allowing you know Mm -hmm. can be surrender um Mm -hmm. looking at it in a totally different way and when you spoke allison that's what it reminded me of like looking at your higher selves like surrendering to that as opposed mm. to having some element of conflict engaging you're like you're more one with it it's like courage you are courage like the spiritual qualities rather than you go and do courage um it's um yeah it's true like that it's the same as lack like it's, it's something to overcome if you if you've got to have courage or if you've got to have freedom or if you've got to but if you are them they're all in your field and I don't think you question as much when you're running from those run, run, sorry when, when I mean when I say running from them when you're embodying them you don't you don't even have questions I, I don't believe like um because you are them you lost me on that last sentence well you don't you don't question them when you are them because you you are when you're freedom you don't wonder what freedom is you are freedom mm-hmm. you don't question it you just know it. So we have less questions as we move into higher states. And less words. And that's where I think the sounds are really important. And I love that too, from the sound healing, because um, or, or cosmic languages and things. It's just sometimes English, there's just not enough words for this, those, those higher states i can appreciate that because i have felt more and more like i have less words Mm. and sometimes um i'm you know like you chit-chatting or just even talking to my kids i can be with someone really comfortably without needing to say and it's not until in my head that i get into oh this is odd I'm not saying anything but I'm trying to move into like being inspired to speak you know as opposed to just speaking to speak when so I liked your perspective of it's it's just hard to capture because words are symbols anyway Mm. it's usually when we think someone's expecting something of us that we move back and we drop back into that state and go, oh, hang on, have I given them enough or have I, um, I haven't said anything, are they waiting to hear something from me? And, and then you've lost it, <laughs> you've lost it again. So. <laughs> I like to think of it that I'm training my children to also be comfortable with science. Mm. sorry it's okay that's what makes it so difficult for me to be with mainstream conversation (laughs) i can't can't do it (laughs) i don't want to talk about the weather
I kind of regressed to childhood when I was with, up staying with my family. I just, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable to even watch. Like, you just all that, um, how you can just go back into those patterns. And even that when you, you know, you've, you've shed a lot of them or thought you had or didn't want or don't want them. Um, so I could, yeah, I could see that really clearly. I could actually even watch myself and watch myself not liking myself and, behaving that way and being bothered by people um and but I could also see it was that it was a huge family clearing you know a lot of the patterning or for me at least and so it was all going on but it was intense so intense but yeah I think um I think that family stuff's huge um because because we yeah we go back to and, and especially the things that have made us safe. Like, that's what I was noticing. Like, I was like, because um, we had extended family there too, and um, that, that even makes it bigger. <laughs> it's just like, and then you start to see, I think, oh, when I was, maybe when I was little, I had nowhere to go because I didn't know where to go as an adult. Like, I'm there and they're all going, you know, it's just like, wow. Imagine how you feel as a little kid when you can't voice it. And then you carry that with you, uh, trying to make yourself safe um, through your life. So, um, and I did, I did wonder, like, can we, um, because I got, I got so affected by it, like, can I, I've gotten better with my mum and dad because I often stay with just them, but then when there was a lot more, when there were more people, I was really, had really some really negative reactions um, that surprised me. Well, not really because I didn't want to go. Like, I had a really strong feeling to not want to go. I had to, it was a big, big effort to even get on the plane. So I can see that that's, um, I do start to wonder, do you actually have to, to, to go to these things in the physical or are you better just sending love sometimes, staying in your vibration and seeing as we are all one and it's, um, yeah, so that was interesting. That was interesting to watch. And, and feel the discomfort even. <laughs> Sorry, I missed part of that. Like my brother never calls, and that was my family calling. I'm like, well, there you well, go. We're talking about family. Call. <laughs> calling okay. for that healing. Go, lady. What yeah. is happening right now? So, yeah, I think there is big family clearing in the planet. There's a lot seems to be coming up for a lot. But I was just saying, I spent a week with my family, and and I almost regressed in some ways to. Well, I could watch myself just not playing out those patterns that we always do or, or actually what I was noticing was that I, if I don't do that, it felt like uh, people don't like me or I'm not playing my role properly, you know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's just interesting. Yeah, I just booked plane tickets to visit my mom mm. and like I already, you know, and so a so the, I was on a counseling call an hour before this, and she was talking about her relationship to her family the whole time about like not being able to use her voice and, and communicating and what, you know, like it was just like all these things. That's what was so visceral. Cause literally like I got off the counseling with her and got onto this one. And it was, it is about family dynamics yeah 
And that's what really was about. Like, do I really, am I really ready to let go of all of my judgments and my opinions about my family and a hundred percent accept them as they are and accept myself as I am and coexist in the same plane. Yeah. Something that I found helped someone um, that I found helpful while I was up there and in it and, and finding it hard to get was just reminding that sort of, you know, the Tibetan, the Buddhist sort of um, idea of um, may all beings be happy, may all beings be peaceful and may I be happy. And what I, I want happiness for me, I want happiness for them. So even if you can't, you know, it's like that, that, and that was such a gentle, beautiful idea. Of course I want that. Even if, um, yeah, so um, I, I do, um, and, and I found the best times in the years when I've, I've gone to visit my mum is when I just sit with her and we just can laugh and things and we don't have to go over big, you know. I think a lot of times when you're doing this kind of work, you want to, you maybe want other people to see things in a high perspective that they're not going to or whatever. So sometimes it's, for me, I found it's better just to enjoy them because I don't know how long they're going to be around. And um, it was, yeah, it was a bit harder this time with all the, with, with, the, with different, with different family. You know, Jennifer says being a fulcrum for your family. I do think some of us have a higher role like to play. Um, and I got a bit, you know, I got a bit, uh, this trip, I got a bit upset about that. Like, why do I have to do it all when no one else is waking up? They're just like a, that just no one's making any effort to see how they're behaving like that's just they just seem to go all sorts of crazy and and why do I have to but then you think what well well I'm glad I am I don't want to because <laughs> I get lots of very free moments and and I'm glad I can live my life spontaneously and all that sort of stuff so yeah I um it's it's it's, it's interesting but um it's the t- it's obviously the time for whatever whatever moons and alignments are out there at the moment. It's the time for some of that real ancestral clearing and family. And how can it how can that not be good? That that can only be good. So interesting you bring that up. Um, someone was telling me they could see very clearly that the work that I'm doing actually had to do with ancestral healing. Mm-hmm. And so I find that, I actually find that helpful, right? Um, We're all here to be light workers. And one of the things that I feel like being a parent is a sacred responsibility and that it has that opportunity to do healing in the forward and backwards in your generational line. And so that helped me feel like, okay, all this intensity may not just be me. Yay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The shamanic stuff really helps for that, I find. Like the the rattles and they do they use rattles to clear. Um, just a little, just those one of those little eggs. And you can just run and it just clears out stuff that you can feel. Or drumming, you know, that kind of thing. Same as the, the sound healing. Anything that gets it out 
and and not having to get go it over and over in your head <laughs> or walking on the beach that kind of stuff that would be lovely I think nature's really great isn't it just for any reminder of like how small we are like you just have to look up to the sky and think we just think we're so important <laughs> like we're just a tiny speck in a huge you know we're really nothing everything and nothing at the same time like small <laughs> and the universe contained well, that's it. We're it. we are that yeah that's it. we are that yeah mm. so i think that's beyond my human sort of yeah, holding of, <laughs> of that so that's definitely moving on to spirit Thank you for sharing that. I think for me, my father's death was really a way that we could begin to shake up those roles of, that we always played when we were in our family dynamics. And it hasn't been, well, for me, it's, I had already started the process before, but um, I think for my mother, it's been the most difficult, but I see so much healing happening and I'm grateful that um, now those roles of like between her and my sister, their relationship has shifted um, and that hasn't always been easy, um, but it continues to evolve. Uh, but it's this idea of right no longer wanting to be in that role whatever the role is that you mm. play in your family and finally saying I can choose something different and knowing that that's really empowering while at the same time there seems to be like this pressure um, this tension for you to still remain the same because of course as you shift identities that requires someone else to shift mm -hmm. in their identity as well and so um, it almost reminds me of like you know when there's people stop smoking but then everyone in their family keeps smoking you know it's almost like that's a threat to their identity as a smoker and so you mm -hmm. feel that tension of changing roles mm -hmm. Hmm. And the best things to just know have no role to, to go, okay, I'm done with that. I'm done with roles. I'm the higher, <laughs> I'm the higher perspective and I'm bringing spirit. And yeah, but to imagine to go to be with your family, just be able to just sit there and say, you know, say nothing, not get, not get triggered or not get, <laughs> that'll be amazing. The true test of peace. <laughs> yeah, true test of peace. Yeah. I was just reading that in a, a chorus, you know. So make sure you do that true test of peace. And I think being with your family is actually a good way to have a true test of peace. Like, <laughs> where is your mindset really? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I always think that with, um, you know, when you do spiritual things and you're just with 
such a supportive crew. And the real, yeah, the real test is if you can hold it <laughs> or, you know. <laughs> and also just this idea of, I find like it just goes back and forth to this letting go of identity, right? The mm-hmm. role, like, I yeah. think I should be this and I'm still really caught in that. And it's that part that's trying to break through of to the next part which is no identity like Mm -hmm. to stop even trying to contain it into a certain way and just allow it to be my fifth chakra is doing all kinds of things so I find that so interesting definitely I love being with you all. Oh, same. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I wasn't jetting. I just thought I would say that um, even if it doesn't feel like, oh, everybody's clamoring to talk on top of each other. There's just something so nice about connecting and being together, knowing mm. that we're all doing this work together. And we're all healing together. So I appreciate that and wanted to state that for the record. Yeah. I do have a question about the, um, how you see the prayer practitioner program how that has really influenced or how you see it as helping your spiritual counseling. Um, I know for you, it wasn't an option per se, but there are many counselors that it's an option to do now that it's a requirement. And I thought it might be helpful to hear how you feel like it impacts your counseling. So for me, I don't know it's separate, right? Because I have, you know, but certainly focusing on the prayer and the power of prayer. And for me, it helps to remind me that I'm not the one doing the work. It's the prayer that does the work. Mm -hmm. And praying in the prayer room 155 times is... uh, certainly um, exercises the voice and the power of prayer and comfortable speaking prayer and um, calling forth that energy, taking the time to center. I mean, because to pray, you have to, you don't have to, but, you know, partner up. I mean, that's the intention to partner up and to connect with God. So it's, it's that reaffirming i'm so i am glad that it's part of the program yeah allison are you in the prayer practitioner training no No. Mm -mm. okay yeah keeping track of miracles that's part of the prayer practitioner thing that's pretty cool writing them down 
I'm on number 36. So waiting for my 37th miracle. <laughs> to write it down. And so is it truly no miracles? Uh, how do you decide which ones go in there? Um, no. When I remember those go in there. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Oh, I'm writing that one down. Like, you know. <laughs> Got it. It's yeah. like, oh, so you're also really seeing there's no order to miracles, right? Right. Yeah. So I remembered last time my last miracle was um, a client had a realization they are cultivating a change in race consciousness 10% of every day. Yeah. Because this particular person was... Um, thinking that they weren't really changing, having shifts and changes. So the more we started talking about it and, you know, like what percentage of your day are you partnering up? And then they started talking about race. I don't know how it came up, started talking about race consciousness. And then it, the conversation evolved to, well, every time you partner up, you're changing that race consciousness. And that was a realization. And that got written in the book because I remembered to do it. So and that is a pretty, that, you know, that again, that goes with healing the world, right? Healing the world by changing our minds, by healing ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I enjoy the practice of writing down miracles to remind, yeah, because it's not like, you know, the Red Sea has to part for it to be a miracle. That's not what, Yeah certainly can be I, I wouldn't remember to write that one down <laughs> mm -hmm. I love it and race being just another identity in a way that we limit box mm -hmm. categorize compare judge yeah oh. So it's another aspect of expanding. Yeah. Beth Arbo was asking us about prayer practitioner training and how it affects you. Did you hear that? Question? Yeah, yeah I, I did. And I was, I was waiting for everybody to finish before I responded. Um, I, I think it's a great idea to have it be part of um, the, the practitioner. We have to pray in and pray out. Mm -hmm. And I think becoming comfortable with that um and having you know having a class that's helping that i am I'm, I'm, I'm i'm new to that training so i'm kind of trying to catch up to speed to where they're at not that it's not all pertinent but um so i'm still i'm still in the process of going back and listening um to some of the earlier classes and stuff um yeah i mean i guess i i guess i think i think it's wonderful i because i think uh, um it's the way we open the session you know and so if you if if you are not if you're not confident at that point or if you're not sounding confident at that point i guess it kind of sets has the potential to set the tone off for the session a little bit 
And, um, and so I think being, being um, practiced in prayer is important. Uh, at least, I, yeah, I feel. A and prayer is the medium of miracles. So, you know, if we're looking to work towards miracles for our clients, um, then being, you know, being practiced in it is important. So let me ask, uh, do you consider yourself a miracle worker? Do I consider myself a miracle worker? And um, that wasn't just directed to you. I mean, all of us. Yeah. It's what we're in the business of, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> a good question, Arva. I want to say, I, yeah, I mean, what wants to come out is, of course we are. <laughs> okay. You know. We lost you. <laughs> it's on your headset somehow. Can you hear us talking? Probably you, not. Yeah. Can't hear us talking either, Beth. No. All right, we're gonna just send the technology angels. Mm -hmm. Aspen to carry us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, could hear you. Kinda hear you. Yeah, you're coming in a little bit. You gotta give it a minute. Okay. There you go. Here we go. Yes. Um, I gotta turn this up so I can hear you guys better. Um. Our thoughts are prayers. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, everything that we're putting out there has the potential to be a miracle. I don't know if I'll put miracle worker on my business card, but I certainly... <laughs> But the way you said it, yeah, we, that's what we're doing. That's what we're in the business of. Mm -hmm. Oh, come on, Amanda, be brave. <laughs> no, it doesn't feel like my calling. <laughs> well, 
well, I know those things like here. And I think I always move like light worker. I don't necessarily think of myself as a miracle worker, mm-hmm. um, except for when I read the course, right? And yeah. it talks about the miracle workers. Um, yeah. So that just felt, it just felt interesting. What the, would that feel like to put mm-hmm. that on? Yeah. As a way of being, not as an identity per se. Amanda, how would you have gotten to, what did you say, 37? Miracle 37? If yeah. you weren't a miracle worker. I am a miracle worker. I am a miracle worker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. That sounded like a great affirmation. I am a miracle worker. A cheer, actually. Okay. I gotta have fun yeah <laughs> if we ever start getting together again you know like we can have a miracle dance <laughs> fun. That I, know jennifer, I know jennifer had talked about you know this is when we thought the pandemic and all of that would be Sure. Um, maybe if people were interested in going to Jennifer Butler's, you know, you've already done that, uh, that she would organize a trip for folks to go out to LA and do the color analysis or do some sort of weekend. And I think in the past when she's done teachers trainings as well, that's been something that we of getting together in person. And I know she's looking forward to doing that again one day soon. Um, But for now we remain virtual. So Allison, are you a miracle worker? Just don't like the word worker. So it sounds (laughs) like I've got to do, do. Try not to be a worker or full stop. <laughs> miracles, yes. A purveyor of miracles. <laughs> oh. Miracles come through me. Kind of it. Which is the truth, right? Yeah. That's always the way I describe myself as a conduit. Facilitator. Yeah, I'm a miracle facilitator. Oh, that still has a good ring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a good ring. Well, if we feel complete. Yeah. I loved being with you ladies. It was a lovely way to end a a very full day (laughs) and to laugh a little bit and to take in even more deeply why we're here, what we're doing.
Anybody want to pray? I will. Thank you, Linda. Hmm. I am grateful and thankful to know we are miracles. We allow miracles to manifest in our lives. I am grateful and thankful to invite our guardian angels, our higher Holy Spirit selves to show us miracles, have them manifest delightfully, beautifully, and playfully in every day of our lives. (sighs) I willingly release all the restrictions that I place on seeing miracles manifest in form. I claim miracles now. I claim them now. I accept them as part of who I am on behalf of the whole planet. It can be no other way. And so it is. Amen. 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 I like that. No other way. I like that. It could be no other way. <laughs> amen. Amen. <laughs> All right. Bye, y'all. So very much. Bye. Love and blessings. Well, good to have you here. <laughs>